Hi, I'm Donna Reesh. Welcome to Think, Feel, Eat, number 19. And this episode is self-integrity or why we do not do the things that we say we will do or why we don't do the things we'll tell ourselves we will do or why we do not keep our word to ourselves. And so um, this episode is part one of two. And in this episode, I am going to be dealing with um, the idea of self-integrity, what that is, and also the things that keep us from having self-integrity. It's really important that we understand why we don't. Why do we not keep our word? Why do we not do the things um, for ourselves that we say we are going to do, even if we are very faithful in doing the things for others that we say we are going to do? And uh, this is an integral part of, I forgot my timer again. This is an integral part of our lives, right? I mean, it's like the number one thing that affects everything we do. It affects our parenting. If we want to do a certain thing, and we want to be a certain kind of person, then we tell ourselves, this is what we're going to do. Why do we not? You know, it affects our work. You know, if we want to improve in our work, whether we work for others or we work for ourselves, then why do we say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to make this change and I'm going to make that change and then not do it. Um, health, diet, movement, exercise, body size, um, body strength, all of those things. Yes, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do these weights. I'm going to do this. Why do we not? Um, food, I'm going to eat this way now. Why do we not? There are a lot of factors in that. If you are a subscriber at DonnaReach.com, then you know about the perfect storm of weight loss. And there are so many reasons why we don't that come into play with that. Um, definitely in our marriage, you know, why do we not, you know, why do we say I'm going to start treating this person this way, or I'm going to act differently to my spouse, or I'm going to love my spouse more or whatever, and then we don't. Um, I already mentioned parenting, homeschoolers, um, entrepreneurs, anybody who has to answer to ourselves, this it can be a really big issue. So without further ado, let's define it first of all. It is the quality of being truthful and honest with yourself, of intentionally aligning personal behaviors and actions to be congruently aligned with your own values and goals. So in other words, the, this is what we say we want. These are the ways we are. This is the kind of person we are. And then our behavior should align with that. This should be, those should be parallel with each other. They should run together alongside each other as we um, keep our self-integrity. Um, self-integrity requires a commitment to align ourselves to stay consistent with personal values so that we do what we tell ourselves we will do. Now, as I mentioned before, in entrepreneurship, homeschooling, parenting, those areas where we're not answering to a boss or we're not answering to another person, right? Self-employment, um, you know, our own charity, you know, endeavors, um, entre entrepreneurship, any place, right? Where we um, are not answering to somebody else. It's so difficult when we are not answering to somebody else. And the thing about this is that we can have amazing integrity with other people. We can just do everything we say. We, people can say, oh yeah, that person is full of integrity. She says, he, he, she does, he does what they say they will do. We can be known for integrity to other people and still be very lacking in self-integrity, right? And 
as I mentioned, it covers every area of our lives. It covers, um, especially covers um, addictive types of behaviors like drugs, alcohol, and nicotine, um, pornography, gambling, shopping, those type of things, especially because we find ourselves repeatedly saying, I'm not going to do this particular behavior anymore and then doing it. So today I really want to deal with the enemies of self-integrity um, because, you know, you can't fight it if you don't know your enemy, right? And I think that it's really eye-opening to see, wow, so that's one of the reasons I, I continue to not do what I say I'm going to do my, for myself. And it's just very eye-opening. I know when I learned these things, they were extremely helpful to me in moving ahead in my self-integrity. Um, so without further ado, the first thing is thoughts about our past failures and negative self-talk. These kind of go hand in hand. Um, but when we bring into our current circumstances, our past inconsistencies, our past lack of self-integrity, then we can't move into self-integrity. Even with the tools that I'm going to be teaching in episode number 20, the ABCs of self-integrity, and um, some, some specific thought tools and some, some specific immediate reactions that can make a difference in our self-integrity. Um, when we just catch ourselves and we stop and we you know, really evaluate using our prefrontal cortex instead of our toddler brain. Um, but even if we have some of these tools that I'm going to be teaching, we often cannot move into self-integrity um, for the future or for like right now, just really wanting to make a change, we often cannot um, because of our past, our thoughts about our past failures. So, you know, when we say things like, I never do what I say I will do, I'll probably just skip this time too, I always skip, I never really follow through, or I can never stay on an eating protocol, so I will probably do that again. Um, those things will keep us from moving forward. Uh, a better thought that I'm going to be teaching next week is that my past self, whatever, an hour ago, two hours ago, four hours ago, said that I would go exercise after work and that past self knows what's best for me better than I do in the moment. Um, and I'm going to teach about that next week more about how we can use our prefrontal cortex rather than this immediate toddler brain, this willpower, all that kind of stuff that doesn't work. So anyway, we'll get to that. Um, but also there is another aspect besides our thoughts about our past failures. It's also just negative self-talk in general. Um, this often comes up in the form of words or thoughts about the hiddenness of self-integrity. You know, a lot of times when we teach children to not lie or we teach them to not steal, you know, and, and we try to teach them that God sees everything, right? Now, this is not a spiritual discussion and it's not parenting. I mean, it's not even grammar, although we usually do get into that in all of my broadcasts and those things. But you know how we often say to children, well, God knows, you know, or you know, you know, like they'll say, well, nobody will know, you know, they, and we're trying to tell them, if you tell a lie, you know, it's wrong and so forth. And then they, you know, might come back with, well, nobody knows. And what do we often say to them? We often say, God knows, you know, that nothing is hidden, right? And I think that we really do the same thing as what a child does with those types of training and, and behaviors 
that we often say to ourselves, nobody will know, right? Nobody will know if I don't do what I'm supposed to do. I think about this because there's this funny graphic that the funny meme floating around Facebook. <laughs> this is like self-integrity. Um, uh, um, <laughs> I can't even think of the word. This is like self-integrity ad admitting here or whatever, admitting it. But there's this funny uh, meme going that goes around social media that says um, something about kicking ice cubes that you drop under the refrigerator. And oh my word, that me, I don't know why. I love memes anyway. It's just like such a source of entertainment for me. Um, so, so I'm just always laughing and sharing them and so forth. But that just cracked me up because I'm like really, really not notorious for that. And so now every time I kick an extra ice cube, we actually have a gap between, <laughs> between our cabinet and our refrigerator. So it's even a better place to kick it. Because, you know, under the refrigerator, you're like, well, anyway, somebody who doesn't know anything about electronics might think, what if that somehow does something to the refrigerator, but in between the refrigerator and the cabinet, nothing's going to happen with that ice cube, right? So you just like kick it under. And every time I kick an ice cube in there, I just think about that meme and um, think about the fact that, you know, it's probably not the best thing to kick the ice cube under there. I don't like the mess. I don't want the mess. I, you know, but you know, oh, well, nobody will see, right? And we do this with ourselves in many, many areas of self-integrity. And the first thing that has to happen with this, and, and again, you know, I'm going to teach what, how to undo these things next week. But the first thing that has to happen is that we have to get to where we want self-integrity because we want it for ourselves, right? And th there are so many steps from here to there um, but we have to get to the point where I want this self-integrity for my for myself I want this for me I want this because this is so important to me and that is a hard place to get to right it's it's not the same as I want to do this so other people think that I'm a good person and I mean we all do that right we, we want people to think good of us but yet we don't realize that we're not thinking good of ourselves because of our lack of self-integrity. So while we're trying to get to the point, while we're trying to get over to where um, we want to do it for ourselves, you know, there's no teacher giving us a grade, there's no boss who's going to fire us, there is no, you know, ministerial team who is going to, that we're answering to, um, there is no, audience, you know, like I think with my uh, blogs, you know, I have two audiences. I have, you know, a big audience over here of um, weight loss, um, time management, coach, weight, life coaching, weight loss and things over here. And then I have my uh, language arts and uh, teaching over here. And I have a little bit of just, you know, outward pressure because certain days of the week, they're expecting certain things to come to them, certain trainings, certain teachings, certain words of encouragement and things like that. But when we're talking about self-integrity, we have none of that, right? And so until we can get to that point that I just spoke of where, you know, I want to do this for me because it's worth it to me to do whatever I said I was going to do before. Um, until we get to that point, we have to believe that when we don't do what we say, it matters. And this is the biggest problem in weight loss because we just say, 
this bite won't matter. This cheat won't matter. This off-plan food won't matter. Now, I'm not talking about having a treat or something because I teach to plan for things. I, treat, I teach to plan for every, all of your eating and all of your movement, all of your water, all of your sleep. I teach to plan for all of that. But it's when we plan for those things and then we say, then we do something different and then we say it doesn't matter. We have to get to the point, even before we're doing it for ourselves, even before we're all in, we have to get to the point where we don't say it doesn't matter, where we realize it really does all matter, right? There's a reason why we determined we were going to do something ahead of time, whatever it was, going to the gym after work, going on a walk during lunch, eating the lunch I brought instead of going through a drive-thru and getting burgers and fries. And I'm not saying that any behavior is bad, but I'm saying that if we told ourselves we would do it, there's a reason we wanted to tell ourselves we would do it, right? It wasn't just that we just came up out of the blue and said, I'm going to eat my lunch that I packed today and I'm not going to go through the drive-thru. We thought that was better. We thought that was a better choice. We wanted to do that for ourselves. And so we have to get to the point where we say it really does matter. One of the tools that I'm going to be teaching, I'm going to just give you a little sneak peek here next week, but one of the tools is that it does matter. That I say to myself, when I say this doesn't matter, when my window is closed, I'm done eating, I'm, and you know, I don't have chocolate again on the plan for a couple more days, and I want to get into my Dove milk chocolate stash, and I say it doesn't matter, I automatically say it does matter. It does matter. Right. And so the, one of the enemies of self-integrity is our thoughts about our past failures and our thoughts about self-integrity in general, that nobody sees, that it's hidden, that it won't matter. Okay. The next enemy of self-integrity is perfectionism. And perfectionism can be defined as believing your life would be better if you were perfect and thus you should strive for that. Now, I've never been that much of a perfectionist, actually. Um, I am just, I don't know. I just never really thought that everything could be perfect. I was always like totally content with, and I, my ringer's still on. I was totally content with just like being like terrible at some things and being just okay at some things and being good at some things and being really good at other things. And I never like wanted to, to be everything and to do everything. Like, you know, I, I was totally, I'm, I'm totally comfortable saying that I can't sew a button on. I mean, I'm, I just never really wanted just like for everything to be perfect and me just to be perfect. I, I probably could sew a button on if I tried really hard. But there's another thing about that. If you tell people you can't do things or if you don't get good at things and you don't have to do them. <laughs> But the way we deal with unmet perfectionism is to give up entirely. And this is why it is the, one of the enemies of self-integrity, because it's either perfect or not at all. It's either perfectly done or we just don't do it. And so that just is completely opposite of self-integrity, right? Because what if we, you know, wanted to make a change, but we wanted it to be so perfect that we never made the change, that we just did nothing. And that's what happens to us so often. It's common sense that five minutes of exercise is better than nothing at all. I mean, anybody would say that. Like, 
something could happen to your body that's good in five minutes. If nothing else, you could do some type of stretch that would keep your body limber, that could help you in old age if you only did five minutes a day. Right? I mean, it's common sense to think five minutes could do something. Now, it's not going to make us, you know, a size four swimsuit model, but it, it could do something. It's common sense. And we, it's common sense that it's better than nothing. Or that staying on a food protocol 75% of the time is better than not being on it at all. Right? But when we're stuck in perfectionism, we can't think that through. We don't really think that, that those things will make a difference. We think we either do it all perfectly or we don't do it at all. And then this, of course, creates a vicious cycle, right? Tomorrow, I'll do it perfectly. And then when we don't, we beat ourselves up, we belittle ourselves. Then we get relief by planning to do it perfectly the next time. Think about how good it feels to make perfectionistic plans, right? That is one area where I really was perfectionistic in, and that was homeschooling my kids. I always had this perfect schedule, perfect plan that was going to work. And I remember being so joy-filled when I would make those, so optimistic, <laughs> even if they didn't work. We get relief by planning to do it perfectly the next time, and then we rinse and repeat. So perfectionism will be one of the biggest roadblocks in general to our using the ABC tool that I'm going to teach next time by BJ Fogg and also that had a lot of, it was derived from BJ, Fogg, BJ Fogg's uh, habit teaching and Greg Harris's um, advanced homeschooling workshop teaching. So it was really cool. All right. The third thing that is an enemy of self-integrity is not breaking our goals down let me, I'm sorry, let me back up to perfectionism. We actually were, I, I think that this is, that our early teaching in the, or the early years of our marriage, so we've been married 39 years last week, and the first five years, we had a lot of marriage and family training and teaching from Terry and Issa Everode, and they would come into our area um, once a year and they would stay with us for the week and they were they were mentors that they, they taught family seminars marriage seminars and so forth and um, so we got a lot of training from them and then from year five to year ten uh, of their first few years of marriage we were taught by Greg Harris who I mentioned a little bit ago in the homeschooling workshop in the advanced homeschooling workshop and both of those teachers taught concepts about uh, biting off little things at a time. And that just really resonated with us because we were struggling with a bunch of little kids, right? And we were young. I was 17 when I got married, turned 18 the next day, a year and a half later. We had our first child. I was 19 and a half when I had my first baby. So we were very young, very immature, even though we thought we were extremely mature. And, <laughs> and um, so this teaching in those first 10 years from these two sources, they were very instrumental in us biting off bite-sized pieces and making changes. And a lot of people, because of perfectionism and this all or nothing mentality, they don't see how small changes can make any difference. And they don't want to do small changes. They want the grandeur, right? We all want the grandeur, 
right? We all want big sweeping changes that, you know, that make us a different person next week. And we don't really, you know, value those small things. Well, uh, one time Ray was in counseling with Terry Everroad and um, he, we were, um, I think we had like, I don't know, three kids, four and under or something. I'm trying to think how old Joshua was when Cammie was born, but um, it was, we were, we were struggling. <laughs> yeah. And um, he, Ray, Terry told Ray, he said, now what I think you should do is sit down with Donna every week on either a date or an at-home time. And we couldn't have any dates because we had a lot of kids, you know, and, um, you know, we had some childcare help at the time because we lived in on our hometown. So we, our parents were close by, but you know, not just constant or anything. And, uh, cause they all worked. And so he said, just sit down with Donna every week and just say, you know, what do we need to improve? What do we need to change? What could we do this week that would make a difference in our family? Or, you know, in, in summary, what can I do for you? is basically what he taught him to say, which is like the the greatest thing that a wife ever wants to hear from a husband, right? Especially one with small children like that. And so um, he said, now you do this and she will tell you and each week you can make changes. And at the end, and then after so long, you will say to her, you know, what can we, what can I do for you? And, and what should we change? And she will say, Hmm. I can't think of anything. What can I do for you? And it's been 39 years and I've never done that yet. <laughs> he gave him some hope that eventually things wouldn't be so needy. Right. But then we went on to have a lot more children and things were very, very needy for many, many, many years, which is fine because we chose that life and we wanted it. And it was great. Um, but the moral of the story is, that we didn't really make a change every week, right? That would be really tough in 40, for 40 years, right? It's 40 times 52 and that's like 2000 changes. Um, but I am very confident that we made one change a month throughout our entire parenting life with this approach of what can we change? What can we improve? You know, some weeks it was something as small as this child is not getting reading and we need to read three times a day instead of two times a day. So I need an extra 10 minutes from you in the evenings to read with this child to make a third reading session so that reading goes better for him. Sometimes it was, you know, something as, as you know, as insignificant or maybe not as insignificant, but, you know, there's so much complaining about chores. We need a plan, you know, and, and it could have been big or it could have been small. But it was whatever was, you know, most, you know, that's the thing. When you can only pick one thing, you would just be really picky about it, right? You can only pick one thing when you can't pick one thing. So 39 years, but we had children at home for um, 32. We almost go for 32 years. I'm going to take that back to 30 years. So let's say it was 30 years and we made a change every month. And that was 360 changes. Now, even a perfectionist would say, 360 changes over 30 years, purposeful changes. That is amazing. Isn't that amazing to think about that we would have been 360 fewer 
improvements in our lives if we hadn't taken that advice to our to heart and said it doesn't have to be perfect and that is a huge part of self-integrity is saying i'm going to take this little bite of a behavior change and i'm going to make it right one a month 360 changes small efforts do make a difference and with perfectionism we think they do not and so we don't do anything i would i am so grateful that we believed that one change a month would make a difference all right so the next one is not breaking goals down or biting off too much this is often related to perfectionism but it's also true that sometimes we cannot see the little steps it takes to get to a big goal in life coaching we've learned to take a big goal and break down every little step of it and a lot of times that is something that keeps us from self-integrity because we think we have all of these things to get to that big goal and we're not even sure what these other things are that can lead to the big goal right but that's not true we can figure out what it takes to lead to that big goal and we can break things down into bite-sized steps other times we feel like those little steps won't get us there but every little step gets you there right every single little step will get us to a final goal if it's part of that process if we have determined that these are the steps and we take them we will get there eventually right we often believe that we should play big or go home when in reality any little bite-sized step towards our goal and this is really the crux of the teaching of many habit researchers like bj fogg in tiny habits james clear in atomic habits to bj fogg's was james clear's predecessor um and they're they both have fantastic books but this is the the real crux of it and in the and one of the tools i'm going to be teaching next week the abc's it's the it's the basis of that as well and i just had an experience with this that i was just like are you even serious am i really having to go back to break down things that small because i can't do 30 bladder exercises a day so anyway i digress bladder problems eight c sections okay yeah enough said about that so i had to go to physical therapy and i had to get these exercises and so i came home with a folder of a pamphlet to read and diagrams of you know which muscles to use and all, all that and pulling in your core and all this kind of stuff for my bladder and then um a video a, a, a links links to the videos of watching them and then my prescription to do um, 10 reps, 10, 10, of, 10 of each three times a day. So it's only like 20 or 30 each time. I think it's like three, there are three different exercises. So it would be 30 in the morning, 30 at noon, 30 at night. And they're only, they're very, very, very short. I mean, it'll probably take me five minutes each time when I get it all in the whole thing. So when I first went, we had grandkids for four days. And so I just put the folder back and I was like, okay, I'm going to look at it later. All right. And it grew because as Peterson's law would say, things grow to the time we're going to give them. Right. So anyway, things grew and it grew. And then it was like on my task list, my weekly task list, it was like, read the whole pamphlet, 
watch the videos, do, go through the diagrams, go through the prescription, and all of these things, and it got really big. It's really not that big, but it got big to me, as things often do when we put things off, right? They get big. So um, I didn't do it. Grandkids were here, da, 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 da. They left, still didn't do it, still didn't do it, because I didn't want to do small things. I wanted to make sure it was all perfect and I was doing it well because when I go back next month, I want her to, you know, to think I'm making progress. I want to make progress because of exercising and the things that I want to do. Um, pickleball, eventually dancing, um, walking at Disney, all these important things to me that are physical. So I wanted to make sure I was doing it all right and it needed to be perfect and everything. I finally just said, I am teaching this material. I'm teaching other people and here I am not doing it because it's big. So I said three times a day, I'm doing each one once and that's it. I'm gonna pull out the diagrams, I'm not doing it all. And just started in, just started in. One for this one, one for this one, one for this one, done. One at noon, one at noon, one at noon, done. Am I completely, you know, problem free? No but I wasn't doing anything, right? And I couldn't stay in self-integrity because it had to be perfect, it had to be everything. And I stayed in self-integrity when I made it small, when I made it doable, when I made it a no-brainer. And that's really the basis of um, a lot of the habit teaching. All right, so next is relying on willpower. And I have two episodes. Um, I'm gonna, I'll put the, I'll add the notes to this, I'll add the outline to this. Um, I can't do that when I'm on Zoom, but I will add the outline to it. Um, they are at their weight loss lifestyle. You can find this on YouTube and you can find it on iTunes and other podcasts, Podbean, and I can't remember where else, but weight loss lifestyles, number 60 and 61. I did two hours of teaching on willpower. Okay. It's that pervasive that we actually believe that we could change our lives through gritting our teeth and having willpower. We can make small changes and we can make temporary changes, but we cannot make long-term changes. You are not a horrible person because you can't turn down certain foods or the third glass of wine or skipping the gym or e even, you know, really, really, um, addictive types of behaviors, which food is one of those, but like smoking and alcohol and, and drugs and, and things like that. It is because we put so much stock in willpower, not realizing the limitations of it. But when we don't plan ahead, and that's gonna be some of the big teaching we're gonna learn about this, but when we don't plan ahead and we don't make decisions ahead of time, we lead the weight of any changes in our lives or any self-integrity issues, we leave those on the part of the brain that is ill-equipped to make those decisions and carry out those decisions in our lives. You probably heard me talk about, you know, the toddler, if you've, if you've followed my teachings, the, the toddler brain versus the adult brain. The adult brain plans ahead. The toddler brain, you know, wants the Skittles in the store. And I, I liken it to how the wise mama doesn't wait until she's in the candy aisle with the toddler screaming for Skittles to say, no, we're not having Skittles today. We're not buying any candy. 
the wise mama, while she's doing the little girl's pigtails that morning says, when we go to the store today, we're not buying any candy, but you can each pick out one fruit, whatever kind you want. The wise mama snaps the child in the car seat. We're going to the store. Don't forget you get a fruit today. No candy. You're driving down the road. The wise mama sings, I like to eat, eat, eat apples and bananas and other fruit related songs. Not any candy related songs. The wise mama unhooks the toddler from the car seat and tells the toddler, when we go into the store, no candy, just fruit, right? And that is the difference between the adult brain and the toddler brain. And we wait until we're in the moment and willpower does not handle it for us and we give in just like the toddler who is not prepared to not get her Skittles. The amount, the type, and the intensity of willpower that is needed to do some things for many people, many of us. And I never understood this because I was always like, why? Because Ray and I were 250 pounds overweight together. And we've lost 220 pounds together. And I never understood why we could have self-integrity, have willpower to do the things in our home with our family, to make a living, to educate our children, but we could not lose any weight. And it is because the amount, the time and the intensity willpower that is needed for many things is simply not there. Research shows that we spend four hours per day resisting temptations. And then we have a willpower gap, right? The gap is, this is how much we need and this is how much we have. And then we have the willpower gap. So anyway, oh, I put it in the notes, it's here, 60 and 61. So it will be, it will be at downrange.com, it'll be at YouTube and it'll be at iTunes. All right, and the final way that we do not do what we say we're going to do for ourselves is has a lot to do with what I just said and that is not planning deciding ahead of time when we plan ahead of time we are using the part of our brain that is equipped for decision making that is equipped for thinking about what is best thinking about what would help us the most thinking about what would make us happiest in the long run Whereas when we don't decide ahead of time, and that's when we get really loosey goosey. So it's like, like I was, I was telling my kids, I said, I'm doing a seven day keto reset because I had a lot of sugar uh, on my birthday weekend, my anniversary weekend. And so sometimes I'll just like do a keto reset because I know no sugar, no flour, low carb. I know in a week, my cravings will be down and I'll just feel a lot better you know, then in cravings getting out of control and things from a lot of sugar. And, um, and I said, I don't know for sure if I'm going to do it seven days or 10 days. What are you guys bringing for the Father's Day get together? <laughs> that is a loosey goosey decision ahead of time. That's really not a decision ahead of time, right? Um, because we do things like that. Like we give ourselves a, a, a back door to get out or we give ourselves um, 
you know, like so much wiggle room. Like we write, like with my clients, if they write what they're going to eat and they're writing all their healthy food and then they write a treat at the bottom, I want them to say either what the treat is, what the treat will contain, or how many calories it'll be, or what the serving size will be. Right? I want the decisions to be so clearly established ahead of time. In the moment, that's when we're going to have to use that willpower, and that's when it will be short. So when we plan and decide ahead of time, that is when we will be able to have much more self-integrity. So next time on episode number 20, I am going to teach tips for self-integrity and tips and tools. And I have several tools that I'm going to walk through with you that you can use in the moment, that you can use ahead of time, that you can use to change something. Um, and then the uh, ABCs are three steps. I'm going to teach the ABCs uh, from, uh, I always want to say BJ Skinner. I think that's something in psychology. That's a whole different area. But from EJ Fogg, the, um, the habit researcher, and I'm going to be uh, teaching that next week too. So next week we'll have tools. But in the meantime, think in terms of these things that get in our way, right? That obviously we have to stop with the self, a negative self-talk, the thoughts about our past failures. We have to stop thinking that things do not matter when they do. We have to stop thinking in terms of perfectionism, that if you can't do it perfectly, don't do it at all. That is a true enemy of self-integrity. We have to stop thinking that we have to do all or nothing and instead bite off bite-sized pieces and we have to stop relying on willpower. And again, that goes back to the deciding ahead of time. I'm gonna teach it all to you next week, episode 20. So uh, join um, Donna's Weight Loss Lifestyle Facebook group if you wanna watch it live. Um, it'll actually be the week after next. Next week is vacation and um, or and or sign up for DonnaReach.com and you will get it all in your email. So thanks for joining me. Have a good day.